Mark chapter 13, verse 3. And as you may have seen in the bulletin, we are going to read all the way through verse 37, the whole chapter. Some of you are saying, oh my, he preached for 45 minutes on two verses. He's going to preach a whole chapter. We'll be here to supper. Well, I don't think so, but we might. You never know. You may also be saying, man, this is one of the most hotly debated, difficult chapters in all of Scripture. How in the world is he going to tackle this in an hour? Well, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we're going, we're going to get through it. I've changed my, my plan on this. I had to change your heart. I intended to teach through this and preach through this chapter in a completely different way uh, in which we are going to do it today. As you well know, we usually just take a few verses at a time and break them down. And, and, and I told you last week that we were going to do that with these and that we were going to break them down and look at some of the difficulties and, and disagreements and differences people have in this passage. But God changed my heart this week. And so we're not going to do that. We're, we're going we're gonna to hit this from a little bit different angle that I believe may be more beneficial to us. So let's read the text. And then we will pray, and then we will get started. Mark chapter 13, verse 3. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives across from the temple complex, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign when all these things are about to take place? Then Jesus began by telling them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be alarmed. These things must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes, various places, and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. But you, be on guard. They will hand you over to Sanhedrins, and you will be flogged in the synagogues. You will stand before governors and kings because of me as a witness to them. And the good news must first be proclaimed to all nations. So when they arrest you and hand you over, don't worry beforehand what you will say. On the contrary, whatever is given to you in that hour, say it. For it isn't you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Then brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rise up against parents and put them to death, and you will be hated by everyone because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be delivered. When you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it should not, let the reader understand, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. A man on his, the housetop must not come down or go in to get anything out of his house. And a man in the field must not go back to get his clothes. Woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. Pray it won't happen in winter. For those days, those will be days of tribulation. The kind that hasn't been from the beginning of the world which God created until now and never will be again. Unless the Lord limited those days, no one would survive. But he limited those days because of the elect whom he chose. Then if anyone tells you, look, here's the Messiah. Look, there. Don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and will perform signs and wonders 
to lead astray, if possible, the elect. And you must watch. I've told you everything in advance. But those, but in those days, after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not shed its light. The stars will be falling from the sky and the celestial powers will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. He will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the end of the earth to the end of the sky. Learn this parable from the fig tree. As soon as its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, know that he is near at the door. I assure you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Now concerning that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son except the Father. Watch, be alert, for you don't know when the time is coming. It is like a man on a journey who left his house, gave authority to his slaves, gave each one his work, and commanded the doorkeeper to be alert. Therefore, be alert, since you don't know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at night, or at the crowing of the rooster, or early in the morning. Otherwise, he might come suddenly and find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to everyone, be alert. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these words, and I pray that you would help us to understand them and to grow in them as best we can, God. This is a difficult passage for us to wrap our head around, God. There are lots of opinions, and I pray, God, that you would help us to seek you and let your Holy Spirit reveal truth in your word for us today, God. I pray that you would just hide me behind the cross. I pray that you would take away any pride in my heart. I pray that you take away any fear or worries. I pray that you empower me to boldly preach and teach the gospel and your message today, dear Lord. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will work in the hearts of each one that are here. And I pray that you bless us today and that everything that happens here will be for your glory. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a difficult chapter in Scripture. We see the parallel accounts of this in Matthew chapter 24 and Luke chapter 21, and they are somewhat similar to this. And this is a difficult passage because Christians differ as to what this passage means. In particularly, when did these things occur or when will these things occur? What is Jesus talking about here when he's speaking about the end that's coming and these signs to look for and things that will take place at some point in time. Jesus and his disciples had walked out of the temple complex at the beginning of this chapter in the two verses we looked at last week, and they were commenting on how grand the temple was, and Jesus says, look, not one stone here is going to be left unturned. All of this building is going to be destroyed. And the the disciples were asking him for more information about these things that he was talking about. And we read this passage and we see a lot in here. It is certainly a passage of warning as we see from Jesus' repeated use of the phrase, be alert. Now, 
Was this passage fulfilled in the past? Were these things that Jesus spoken of, did these things happen at the destruction of the temple at 70 AD, which many Christians believe was the case? Are these things that are to happen in our future, are these things speaking of something that will happen at a future time? And these events, are these things that we are to be aware of and look for in a second coming of Jesus Christ? Well, originally I intended to go through this passage a few verses at a time and to look at the differences and the strength and weaknesses of why Christians hold those views. But as I've been working toward this passage for the last few weeks and few months, I, I wasn't sure how really I wanted to handle this or how God wanted me to handle this passage. I, I wasn't quite sure. And the reason I wasn't quite sure is because is because I'm fearful that sometimes as Christians we, we get caught up in things in God's Word that are not the most important thing. And when I say things, one of those things is end times. Are we living in the end times? Is the time near? The time is close. Is it? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. There are Christians who would say both are true and both have scriptural arguments. But the problem with these type of topics and discussions, as good as they may be and as important for it as it is for us to look at God's Word, it is easy for us to become consumed, completely consumed with signs and end times and prophecy. And for us to be con consumed with the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel and Mark chapter 13 or Matthew chapter 24. It is easy for us to come, become so consumed with those things that that's all we think about, that that's all we talk about. That when we turn on the TV preacher, he's telling us to look, here comes the signs, be ready, here comes the signs. And we become focused and we begin to study these different views and we begin to study these differences of opinion and we become completely consumed with these things. Now look, we want to read God's Word as Christians and we want to understand it as best we can. And the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel and Ezekiel and other prophetic books that use strange language that's foreign to us, we want to read those books and we want to understand those books as good as we can. We want to study this passage as we study any other passage. And we want to try to our best to understand what God's Word is telling us. But what I'm afraid of and what I want to warn you about is don't get caught up in the weeds of this one particular topic. Because there is so much that God wants us to know, brothers and sisters in Christ. And there are so many ways that God wants us to grow in Him. We study things about end times and we study things about prophecy and so it should be. We should study God's Word. So, as I thought about this passage, I was thinking, man, if I say that these things might have happened in the past, some of the people's going to be offended and say, it's got to be future. And if I say, man, these things are definitely future, some of them are going to say, oh, I believe some of these things were in the past. There's, there's no real way to come to agreement. Trust me, people have argued about this for a couple hundred years now, about this particular topic, and it's unlikely that there's anything I'm going to say today that's going to end the subject. Wouldn't that be great, man, if that was so? This, this sermon on the Internet would go crazy. They'd get a trillion you. This guy in Liberty, Mississippi, he's figured out the answer. He knows it. 
No, that's not going to happen. But look, I'm not going to tell you whether these things may have happened in the past or happened in the future. But I'm going to tell you that these things that Jesus said are things that all Christians have experienced to some degree throughout the time that he came onto this, this, this planet and will continue to occur in our lives so long as we should live. So these things that Jesus tells us about, yeah, I believe that Jesus is speaking about a specific time, but I don't know exactly when that time is. So I'm going to generalize. And you may say, well, but that's not, you shouldn't generalize what Jesus said, but I think it's applicable for us to look at these things Jesus says. These things do generally apply to all Christians throughout all Christianity. We see these things that Jesus mentions. And if we were to sum up what Jesus says in this passage, he says, there are going to be hard times. Now that's true. That's true for me. That's true for you. And that's true for all brothers and sisters in Christ who have come before us. You look at the things that Jesus has said. Earthquakes and famines. Well, these things have occurred. These very hard times has occurred for thousands of years. And they are hard times. And guess what? There are people in our world today facing the same hard times. And you and I face similar hard times. And what does Jesus say? He says, look, for those who are mine, you better be ready. Because those who are mine, Jesus says, one day you're going to be under attack. Now, we should know this. If they hated Jesus, they're going to hate us too if we follow Jesus. And Jesus said, look, there will be a day where you'll have to stand before others because of your belief in me. And perhaps that will happen in some really great way and, and grand way in, in an end times uh, fulfillment of this. But it also happens to us today. Even if we don't live to see some end time fulfillment of this, guess what? I want to tell you that brothers and sisters in Christ are suffering in this world today. And they have since the days of Jesus Christ. The Son of God, the Messiah of the world that preached nothing but truth and preached nothing but love. And He came and He healed people. This Jesus, the Son of God, was nailed to a cross with a crown of thorn placed on His head. You and I are no better than the Son of God. If they did that to Jesus, the Bible says that they will do that to us when we follow Jesus. That's not something that's only going to happen in the end times. That's something that has been happening for Jesus' disciples and is still happening today. You don't believe me? You go back and you read church history. You go back and you see the martyrs, those men and women who have given their life to serve God to share the truth of the gospel. Those who have stood before their enemies with their life on the line and did not denounce Jesus Christ who preached the message all the more and who lost their life as a result of it. People who have been tortured. People who are tortured today. People who are killed today. Why? Because they have gone into the world and they have told people that Jesus loves them. And for that, that's a punishable offense punishable by death. This is the life of the Christian brothers and sisters. This is nothing new. 
And this will continue. But what does Jesus say in this passage here? He says, look, when you stand before those, when you are on trial, he said, don't prepare what you were going to say. That's a good passage for us to remember. We like to do that, right? When we, when we think we're going to talk to somebody about the Lord or when we think we might come into a confrontation, maybe we want to have it all planned out. But Jesus said, look, you just live for me and be ready. And if the time comes that you stand before somebody for what you believe, don't you worry about a thing. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. I think that's a good thing for us to remember. Because we, we have that fear, right? What if somebody comes against me? And what if somebody attacks me in some way? What if I'm on trial for my faith? What am I going to say? I don't know what you're going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. I try not to think about it. Because I know this. I know that whatever the Holy Spirit puts on our heart that comes out of our mouth will be irrefutable. That whoever comes against us will not be able to stand or give an answer to what will come out of our mouth. They couldn't answer Jesus. They couldn't answer the apostles. What did they do to those they couldn't answer? They killed them. You say, I don't like to hear that. I'm just telling you, brothers and sisters in Christ, we are blessed in this country that we don't have to face that kind of persecution, but... Who knows, perhaps one day we will. Perhaps one day God will call you to be a missionary somewhere in the world. And it'll be a scary place. Man, if I go there, it's going to be scary. I may lose my life. Yeah, you may. God calls us to hard jobs. He calls us to hard missions. He calls us to reach people that are hard to reach. He calls us to places that are dangerous. That's just Scripture. It's not easy. It's not easy on our own. It's not easy by our own strength. But we can do it with the power of God. We can do it by the power and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus covers a lot of things. You may have to go through hard times. Don't fret. These things are part of this life. You may have to stand before others because of what you believe. Don't worry, trust in me. I'm telling you, these things will occur. There will be hard times. Brother will turn against brother. Children against parents. Parents against children. We see that in our world today. But we've seen it in our world in the past. And may see it in our world for thousands of years to come. I don't know. All of these things that Jesus is speaking of, while I believe he's speaking of a particular time in which they have occurred or will occur, I'm not sure. But I know this, that these things are things that we face all the time. Because life is hard. So Jesus says, be alert. Be alert, be on guard, be ready. Because there are people in the world who are trying to destroy the kingdom of God who are trying to keep people from entering the kingdom of God, who are trying to deceive those who are in the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, be alert. And when we read these words and we think about an end-time prophecy fulfillment, we may think, what if Jesus comes back today? What if he comes back tomorrow? What if he does? Maybe he will. What if Jesus did come back tomorrow and you knew without a shadow of a doubt that he was coming back tomorrow? What would you do? 
What would you change? Oh, I'd stop doing this sin I've been doing. I've been doing it for the last few years, but now that I know Jesus come back, I better quit. I got to get it cleaned up. Maybe I'd call somebody on the phone, let them know Jesus loves them. If we knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow, would we change our life in any way, shape, or form? Well, I'm going to tell you, even if Jesus doesn't come back for a million years, you still should change some things in your life. They're not right. And that's the point. We get so caught up in the end as Jesus comes back now that we forget to live for today. We forget to fix the stuff in our life that needs to be fixed today. We want to be alert about what may happen in the future and about signs of the times and about coming Antichrist. And we don't look at ourselves and we don't look at what's going on in our life and we don't change our heart and allow God to change our heart. Don't just be alert of a future Antichrist that may or may not come. Be alert at what's in your heart. Be alert of your hatred. Be alert of your gossip. Be alert of your language. Be alert of your lust. Be alert of your pride. Be alert of your laziness. Those are the things we need to be alert about, brothers and sisters in Christ. Those are the things we need to change the day. We don't need to be viewing the signs and say, okay, it could be coming, it could be in the next year or two. I'm going to wait a little while and then I'm going to start to get things straightened up. No, you need to be alert about those things today. Today is the day of salvation if you repent and give your life to Jesus Christ. So if you ask me, what do you know about, about these prophecies and all these things? What do you know? I don't know. That's what I'll tell you. I don't know. I've spent a lot of time in my years reading these prophecies and reading every different uh, viewpoint that there is. And boy, I could have wowed you guys for the next few weeks with all the grand knowledge that I know. But what the point is, is I don't know. I don't know about all of these prophecies. And I don't know how they are all fulfilled. And I don't understand all of them. So what I will do today is tell you what I do know. Here's what I do know. That Jesus Christ loves you. Did you know that? Do you need to be reminded of that? You may. I do sometimes. Maybe you do too. Listen to this today. Jesus loves you. You may have sinned a lot. You may or may not be his. You may not have followed Jesus. Or maybe you do follow Jesus. Regardless of whether you're his follower today or not, regardless of how much you have sinned, Jesus loves you. That's clear. I can tell you that. I know that truth in Scripture. I see it. I see it all throughout the New Testament, and I see it with Jesus Christ nailed to a cross with a crown of thorn on his heads. Greater love has no man than this than one who would give his life for his brothers, his friends. That's you and me, by the way. You may think, Jesus doesn't love me. Oh, he does. Maybe the devil's convinced you that Jesus doesn't love you, but I want to tell you today, if you leave here knowing nothing else, if you don't hear a single word that I have said today, listen carefully. Jesus loves you.
That's good news. Because Jesus loves you, He died for you. And because He died for you, you can be forgiven of your sins. That's another truth I know in the Bible. 1 John says, look, if anybody says he's not a sinner, he's a liar. I hope we don't have any liars in here today. The Bible says you're a sinner, I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. That's the truth. You can bank on that. You can take it to the bank. It's true. But Jesus loves you even though you're a sinner. And when Jesus died on the cross, he died on the cross so that you could be forgiven of your sins. That's truth. You are worth something to God. Maybe you need to hear that today. You are worth something to God. You are not worthless. You are not useless. You are not stupid. You are not a complete and total failure beyond repair. You need to hear those words today because those are the words that the enemy will bring to your mind. Perhaps you've heard those words before. Perhaps you've wrestled with those thoughts before. I am worthless. I am incapable. I have sinned so greatly. Well, you may have sinned greatly. That's true. We cannot deny that. But I can promise you, you are not worthless. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how dumb you are. It does not matter any of those things. It doesn't matter how much you've failed in the past. You want to look at the past, you look back at your failures, look back just a little further, and if you look back far enough, you'll see Jesus Christ on the cross. That's what we look to, the victory in Jesus Christ. Yeah, we have our failures. But even though we fail, we are not failures because we are victorious in Jesus Christ. I want to tell you today that you are worth something. You are worth something to God. You are worth something to the kingdom of God. Don't let the devil deceive you and convince you otherwise. You are loved by Jesus. You are forgiven by Jesus. And you are worth something to Jesus. And that's the truth that I know. That's the truth that I hope that I can preach to the day I die. Because there's a lot of things in this Bible that I do not understand. But that's one thing that I do understand. And maybe that's a good, a good tip for you. When you get on the stuff you don't understand, study a little bit, but go back to what you know. You stand on what you know and you don't get caught up and buried in the things you don't know. You stick with what you do know. And if we hear this truth today and know that Jesus loves us and that we are sinners, and even though the devil may tell us we are worthless, we are worth something to Jesus, if we understand that truth and you've never followed Jesus, then today you can follow Jesus. You can put your faith in Jesus and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I know I am unworthy. 
I know I am a sinner and there's no righteous works I can do on my own to be worthy before God. But Lord Jesus, I come before you and I ask that you forgive me of my sins so that I may be covered with your blood that was shed on the cross so that I may be forgiven of those sins and follow you. That's it. When your heart has that change, when that's what your heart feels like, when your heart utters those words, you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you follow me, be baptized. Now, I don't know everybody's heart today. I hope you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're not. You need to know Jesus loves you. And I hope you love him. So once we become a Christian, then what? It's great, right? Praise the Lord, our sins are forgiven. There's a great joy that fills our soul. There's a great excitement. There's a great peace that comes from being a Christian. We can now walk in the light. We now see things and understand things that we didn't see before. Those who are living in darkness, they don't know what's going on in the world. They think they're just happy-go-lucky, fat, dumb, and happy, just having a good time. They don't know. But when we hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and follow Jesus, now we know. Now we see. Now the blinders have been taken off and we see the evil that we've been living. We see the evil in our world. We see the deceptions of the devil. And we see how he works and how he's been tricking us. And we say, not anymore. I'm on to you, buddy. I'm not falling for that because I've had victory over you in Jesus Christ. Once we come to Jesus and walk in the light, what a glorious day that is. And that's when things get difficult. When we're living for the world and when we're living in sin, the world's not going to say much to us. If we're living in sin, the world's probably going to congratulate us. They're probably going to put us on a pedestal and they're going to congratulate us and they're going to, they're going to have parades to honor our sin that we're living in. And the world's not going to care if you're living in sin. But once you follow Jesus, look out. Be alert. Be alert. Because the world's out to get you. You stand up for the truth. You try to be honest. You try to do what's right. It's going to be tough. People will try to take advantage of you. People will turn on you. People will mock you. Might even lose your job. Happens all the time. When we become a Christian, we have to be alert because times are not always going to be easy. Whether Jesus returns in our lifetime or not, I don't know. But here's what I do know. This is a fact. You can guarantee it. There will be hard times in your life. There may be some really hard times in your life. So be alert. Stand firm in Jesus Christ. No matter what the future holds for this country, I don't know. For this world, I don't know. But at the very least, in your life, you are going to have hard times. You may be having them right now. You may be under the burden of hard times right now. Be alert. Recognize that these things happen in our life, brothers and sisters in Christ. And we overcome them by the strength of God. We call out to God in His strength and in His might... He delivers us and He's with us and He helps us to overcome the things we are going through. <clears throat> so what do we do? If we're living in the end times, what do we do? If we're not living in the end times, what do we do? We trust in God. 
We trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And no matter how hard things get, when you feel that you cannot go any further, you remember the words of Jesus where he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's what we want, right? That's what we want. We want it. And times in this world are hard and things in this world are hard. But Jesus will give us rest. He will help us to overcome. And if it's the end times, he's going to get us through it. And if it's just the normal times that everybody that's ever lived on this world goes through and everybody who lives on this world will go through, no matter what hard times we face, Jesus is with us. I hope you are standing firm on Jesus Christ today. Some of you say, well, I want to know more about Mark 13. Well, look, I'll talk with you about it anytime. We'll go through. We'll spend hours. It will be a great thing. But look, what I want you to know more than eschatology is I want you to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus loves you, and I hope today that you love him. Let's pray. God, we come to you today. We thank you for these good words. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in us. God, we... we we don't understand all this stuff, dear Lord. It's tough. We start talking about what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. God, I don't know. I know things are bad, though. I know things are bad now. I know things that are bad in, in individual lives, God. And I know that you are greater than all bad things. And I pray that you just would help us to overcome our struggles and our persecutions and our difficult times. And I pray that in those times, God, we wouldn't doubt you. We wouldn't deny you. We wouldn't turn from you. But God, we would stand firm. Because God, no matter how tough it is to be a Christian, God, it is, it is, it is that much worse for us to give in to the world. God, the world is passing away. But dear Lord, the truth of your word will never pass away. The truth of Jesus Christ will live for eternity. And God, I pray that we are living in that truth today. And if there is one that is not living in Jesus Christ, that has not put their faith in Jesus Christ, God, I pray that you would help them to do so today, that they would repent of their sin, that they would know, God, that they are loved by you. God, I pray that you would just be with those who are yours. I pray that you would help them to continue to stand firm in you, God. Help us to study your word, but not to get too consumed with certain topics that, that may weigh us down, God. Let us not forget things you want to show us. Dear Lord, you want us to learn way more about than the end times. You want us to check our hearts. You want us to see what's going on in our life. You want us to repent of our sin. So help us to be alert of the little things that may be lurking around in our life. Help us to repent of those things, dear Lord, and live for you. God, should there be a great tribulation of sorts in our lifetime or in future generations, God, I pray that you would help them to be alert, to be ready. God, I pray that you would help us to be ready for whatever we may encounter. Because, God, we know that we encounter difficulties when we stand for you. And, God, I thank you that we can come here today for the freedom we have. I pray that you bless this church, bless these people here. And, God, if there's one that doesn't know you, I pray that as we sing that they'll put their faith in you. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvnme.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. 
We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.